and he gets on the phone, this like super rugged, harsh voice. And he's like, can you lift? Are you strong? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, can you be in Calgary in two days for your safety orientation? And can you be out here in four days? I said, hundred percent done. And so I quit my job, got in my pickup truck, drove out to Calgary, maybe a, a 12, 14 hour drive, got certified or whatever they had to do. And I was on the oil rig and all of a sudden went from making two grand to making 12 grand a month. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Stressless Entrepreneur. I'm very excited for tonight's guest. He is the intense looking bearded dude behind the Coach's Corner, a corner of the internet completely committed to helping passionate coaches like you build, launch, and grow their passionate, predictable, and profitable online coaching business. Having built multiple coaching businesses in a wide variety of niches, his primary focus these days is helping coaches create a business that's predictably generating leads, attracts new clients, and most importantly, creates true freedom. And if you're a passionate coach who's looking for a helping hand in building, launching, and growing your coaching business, you can join his coaching program called The Coaches University and let him help you build the coaching business of your dreams. Lucas, thank you for joining me today and being part of the Stressless Entrepreneurs Launch Week. What's up, Tommy? Thank you very, very much. Pumped to be here. Thank you. I appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule for me today. One of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast was to find out your personal journey in the online coaching business and speak about the coaching program that you have for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Can I say one thing? I used to, I remember when I first started podcasting, I was, and I hope you forgive me for this, but I, mm-hmm. I, I love honesty. I was always so hesitant to ask for someone's time. And when they gave it to me, I felt like it was this amazing gift. And it is because we're all busy. Mm-hmm. But when I started and I, I had a bit of a, you know, I thought everyone was just so busy and thank you for your time. And I know you kind of started that podcast with that. And I appreciate yep. it so much. I'm so happy to give you my time and, and give your audience value. But at the same time, Tommy, you are worth it. And anyone listening, you are so worth someone's time. And I just picked up on that just really subtly. And I hope you forgive me for saying that, but I think it's of value just to say that take what you want. And I so appreciate you asking and and getting me on this podcast, but you'd be amazed at who you can get on a podcast when you feel like, well, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm worth their time. And so I just wanted to make a little note because I just saw that. Yep. And, uh, and I know a lot of people are doing that. I used to make that mistake and I was like, man, I was trying to get bigger names and bigger names. And I always felt like they were kind of above me. And although they may be further along in the journey, when it comes to a time, your time is extremely valuable too. So I want to make the best use of your time as well. Thanks for that tip, actually, because, you know, our listeners actually know that I'm just starting out my podcasting journey. So so this is is fantastic to hear and um, love love the feedback. Yeah, yeah. We'll share your podcast everywhere to make sure that it reaches as many ears as it can. So let's start off by telling our listeners just a bit about yourself and how you got into the online coaching business. Sure, I'll make it really, really quick. I grew up in a small town, small town of 60, 70,000 people, and we lived about 30 minutes outside the city. 
you know, went to school, average grades, actually pretty much hated school after school, went construction, roofing, framing, um, worked at an insulation plant, and then I worked on the oil rig. So it was all very, um, you know, laborious type of using your hands. But what I did enjoy was anything to do with tools, with building, with ripping apart an engine, a motor, piece of electronics, anything really problem solving. But I didn't use my creativity or my brain as much as, although it takes a little bit of skill to, you know, rebuild the motor and trying to solve a carburetor problem. I always loved that, but I never really saw myself as an educated or an intelligent or a, well, I never even dreamt of starting a business. I thought I'd kind of be on the rigs and kind of be on, um, you know, sort of construction sites and, and just being on a crew and just doing that kind of thing. So I never, I never planned on becoming, you know, an entrepreneur or getting into the coaching space or selling much of anything until the rigs. And I don't know, Tommy, do you know much about the oil rigs? I do know a little bit about mechanical engineering, but uh, not too much. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess the oil rigs is, I never knew what it was until I was, I had a job at Lord Co basically selling car parts when I was maybe 21 or something, maybe 20. Yep. The guy next to me, he rolls into a, with a Corvette and he gets out. He was a brand new employee there. And I'm like, okay, how's this guy on a Corvette? I, like, I, that is boggling my mind. He, like, who is this guy? And then he comes in and he starts selling on the phone. And then, true story, he picks up the phone and he's like, no, I'm not going back to work. I'm done. And he hangs up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who was that? He's like, oh, that's my boss. You know, I worked up north for five, six years, but I'm done. Made my money, bought some real estate and I'm done. And I was like, how much money were you making? He's like, ah, you know, 120 grand a year was starting. And I'm like, you call that guy back and tell him that I will take your job. Like I'll fly out tomorrow if I have to. And he literally dialed him back. And the guy name was, oh man, Guster or Custer or something. Maybe I'm mixing it up with, anyway, it was, his name was Guy. And he was the tool push for the oil rigs. And like he was an alcoholic, but great guy. But you know, he's been up North for 60 years. That'll mess you up. And he gets on the phone, this like super rugged, harsh voice. And he's like, can you lift? Are you strong? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, can you be in Calgary in two days for your safety orientation? And can you be out here in four days? I said, 100% done. And so I quit my job, got in my pickup truck, drove out to Calgary, maybe a 12, 14 hour drive, got certified or whatever they had to do. And I was on the oil rig and all of a sudden went from making two grand to making 12 grand a month. And as a 22 year old, that was, um, well, it was amazing, but it'll also, it'll trap you. And there's a lesson to learn here that I take into even my entrepreneurial life is I started buying things early on because I started seeing financial success as a 22 year old. I guess you could say that, mm-hmm. you know, bought a house, got a mortgage and I got all these trappings around me. And even now with like the success of our company and how fast we're growing, I am so hyper conscious of every purchase I make. Is this a trap? It may feel good in the moment, like a, a brand new BMW is, is great for about two weeks and then it loses its, its um, you know, fun or, you know, the excitement is gone. And making that mistake early on, eventually getting trapped in a job I absolutely hated. Unfortunately, I see so many entrepreneurs get into business and they get trapped within that business and then they take on clients they shouldn't. They start doing things they shouldn't be doing because... Well, they, 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 they overspent, they bought things they shouldn't have, and now they're trapped just like everyone else. So I like to be light, man. I'm like, I could buy three cars if I want, but I'm just like as simple and basic and light on our feet as possible. Cause I love to pivot. I love to shift and I like to not get trapped in that. So 
definitely got trapped on the rigs for about five, six years. And it has a way of tearing away at your soul. A lot of drugs, a lot of prescription drugs started kind of just to cope with the pain and cope with the, uh, it's a really lonely job. You're up mm-hmm. north on the oil rigs for three or four weeks at a time. You come home for five days and the people around you probably aren't the best influence. Uh, prescription drugs, alcohol. And then every time you came home, everyone's telling you, man, you're doing so well. I had two cars. I had the mortgage. And I was every week, every month that went by more and more miserable. And pretty much at the end of that career, I got home. I had a brand new apartment I bought and literally going through my phone and realizing I have no one to talk to. I got no one to hang out with because everyone is in Alberta. I got high off my little Percocets and Oxys, whatever I was doing, drank a little too much. And that night, probably two or three in the morning, I had a shotgun pointed to my head. And I remember having this epiphany thinking about my parents and thinking about my mom being like, I have really a few decisions to make here, either do this thing and be done with life or make some drastic changes because at a 25 year old who has absolutely everything they could ever want, this is not normal. There is something wrong here. And I think the pressure of that moment, which I think about often, whatever it did, whatever it rewired inside my brain, it had a massive impact. I woke up the next day and I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to start changing things and I quit the job, had to sell the house eventually, had to sell the cars. I had two motorcycles. I got rid of those and I just kind of restarted my life. And one thing that got me through the probably three or six months of darkness after that moment was fitness. I got obsessed with fitness, was working out in the morning, was working out at night and really built a body and also built the discipline. A lot of people started seeing changes around me and it was just a natural transition into maybe I'll build a business and train people. And it kind of started from there, I guess, would be the the moment that I started making money for myself. There's a couple of things that you mentioned that I quickly want to run by. Yeah. The first one is you were able to understand that making money isn't what it means to be successful at an early age. Um you know, that's what many entrepreneurs when they're just starting out is, you know, I want to make as, as much money as possible so that it provides the freedom and the, the wealth that, I'm, that, that, you know, to provide for my family or for myself. But they forget, and this is where you were able to get through it, was, you know, the shiny object syndrome and that lifestyle creep. Because you're making so much money, you're spending it all on, I guess, the materialistic things that didn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I love material things. I I truly, I genuinely love vehicles, love German engineering, love, love, love. I, I, two years ago, I was like feeling all egotistical and cocky. So I went and bought this uh, blacked out BMW Mm -hmm. and I bought it for the wrong reason, get in it and thinking like I'm the man. And I remember like two days later, I stopped at this red light. It's getting to my head and I can even see it happening. And I look over and like a little Porsche 911 rolls up and just smokes me off the red light. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, maybe I need a Porsche. I need a Porsche. And that's when I caught myself and I got rid of the car. I'm just like, man, it is so easy to go down the wrong path. And don't get me wrong. Like when I go somewhere, when I stay places, I love it. But I, I try to stay hyper conscious of doing things for the right reasons. And I think with the online marketing space and I get it, just like if you're selling fitness, you want to sell the transformation, the outcome. But marketing has gone so far that everybody is looking at these quote unquote entrepreneurs and they got the Ferrari and they got the Lambo. And I get it from a marketing point of view, not blaming the marketer themselves, but Mm -hmm. it's unrealistic expectations. 
And if that's the reason you're doing it, you're in for a lot of trouble. So I truly love what I do and it, it got me through the hard times and it continues to. But if you're just doing it for the money or if you think the money's going to make you happy, it's, it's never enough. You're, I remember being told that and I was like, when I'm making 40 grand a month, you can't tell me it's not enough. It's actually not because your expenses go up and your dreams get bigger. So you spend more to attain those dreams. It's, it's, it's never ending. So don't chase the wrong stuff for sure. Yeah, definitely a trap. Now, I want to take you back to that, the hard times, the, yeah. the shotgun moment you were talking about. Yeah. Tough to relive, I know, but four hours. No, our, no, no. I, I love it. I love yeah. it. I, uh, it's the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> for, our, for our listeners who are going through, I guess, challenges and, and tough times and are approaching that level of thought, do you have any tips or do you believe that people have to go through that low point to understand how to progress? I thought about and I think about that so often because some of the clients that I've worked with, I think we worked with over 350 clients, the ones who had a leg up, like they had it quote unquote easy, you know, they had money in the bank, or they had a good job. They were usually our least successful clients because the one thing I cannot give you is a fire in your soul. Like I can, I can poke and prod and ask the right questions and get you motivated and get you to take action at some capacity, but I, at 12 o'clock at night, when you're all alone, I can't control your thoughts and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And some of our least, I'm going to say um, fortunate, although I think it's the greatest fortune you can have, we're coming from extremely difficult situations. And like, I swear to God, I just had someone, someone joined uh, one of our coaching programs and they're like, Hey, I need to take a month break. I was just diagnosed with cancer, but you'll see me in four weeks. And four weeks later, she shoots me a well detailed email of how she's going to make this next year, her, her most lucrative, like just, I was just like, like, that's the shit that is, that's not an excuse for her. She's got cancer. She got diagnosed. It's still not an excuse. She's still building her business. And then I see someone else who like cat dies. And I mean, I love animals or their, their car breaks down and, and you know, something happens and I'm like, I can't, I got to take a year break or I just, I can't do this anymore. And I'm just like, man. So I think it's, everyone's got their own story and journey and, I can't say for definite that you have to go through something like that because you mm -hmm. don't. I just know for myself, if I didn't, I can pretty much for certain say that I wouldn't be as driven as hungry. And thinking about the pain of that often, it like it it just propels me to serve because it's it's more common than I think is talked about. And yep, and it it, it just I every single time I'm out of fuel and I feel like dying. Like, I'm like, I'm just like, I can't, I'm so tired. I'm just like, wait, there's somebody out there who, if I don't wake up and do this, you know, I, I they, they, they might not get the help they need. So it, it definitely fuels me. Yep. Yeah. And do you still have that self-doubt? And yeah, yeah. How um, would you approach that at this current stage? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, your small wins, if you told me when I first started my business, I remember writing down, okay, like trying to figure out rent. I was living with a, with a girlfriend at the time. And I think her rent was like 1200 bucks. We were living in a basement and we were splitting the rent. So I was like, okay, $600 for rent. She had a job, $600 for rent, uh, this and that. We were driving her parents' van. Like, it's just like, I got to make $1,800 and I'll be good. And I remember writing that down on the wall and it seemed so far away. Like, how can I make 1800 bucks a month to pay my bills? And it seemed like it was a massive goal and 
so I was facing the doubts and, you know, and, and waking up and, and facing the challenges every single day to try to make that. And then 10,000 and then 20,000. And nowadays I feel supremely confident that if you pick me up and you take everything away from me to find a way to make 20 grand a month, easy. I'll do it in two or three months. That's not me being cocky. That's just my confidence in that. But I've got self-doubt in trying to build a multi-million dollar business because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, you know, the wins, I know I can do it. It's just sometimes there's challenges or obstacles that come up that I'm just like, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do, but we'll figure it out. So I'm definitely a million times more confident than I was back then. But I think that counting those small wins, I always say like, make your first sale. And when you make your first sale, you build your confidence that you can make another. And it's like, I'm all about setting big goals like whatever that is to you, a massive goal, whatever that means to whomever is listening, I'm all for that. But I also like the micro wins and just setting, hey, let's make a first 500 bucks. And then let's double that to a thousand. And with that, your confidence grows. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that I feel self-doubt in a lot of different areas. Like we got a workshop to sell out and I'm always like, are we going to sell this thing out? So I think it's always. Yeah. So that's why you have your whys and your, your drivers that motivate you I guess initially it was about providing for yourself, but now it's about the challenges that come with helping and providing for other people. Do you feel like when that shifted, was there a major point in your life where you said, you know, yeah, I've made enough money now. Now I can actually do what I can to support the people around me and people that are trying to succeed in the online business? Yeah, I think it's a push and pull thing. When you first start out, You've got rent and you got to eat. And there's nothing wrong with having that drive you. I think it's a really primal survival type of thing. And it's generally pretty easy to take action when you are in a do or die situation. I think the challenge comes, and I remember this because I stayed at this weird income level of I was doing enough. I mean, I'm not a freaking multimillionaire here, but I was doing enough and I was comfortable And I had these kind of big dreams. So I was like, maybe I'll take things to the next level. But then it was a whole different type of motivation that had to come into play. And so I was kind of like, I try to do more, but then I'd get tired and the business would kind of float. And then we'd have a few bad months and now I'm in survival mode. Okay, let me hustle and figure it out. And so breaking out of that was really difficult. And still to this day, when you wake up in the morning and, you know, you know, you're all right. Like you don't have to get paid for 12 months and things are ticking away at somewhat an okay rate. It takes a whole different, I guess, strategy to find that motivation. And yeah, so like you said, you're wise, uh, the bigger picture, the big vision. I constantly try to stay plugged into that. I go for a walk in the morning along the ocean to just realize this is bigger than me. And of course, there's always personal gratification and and personal goals that mm-hmm. I have. So it's it's also it's not completely selfless. It's uh, it's fifty fifty. I serve myself as well with the personal goals that I have. But yeah, it's a whole different layer. But I think at first it's kind of fun. Like that first or every time there's a big challenge and it shakes the foundations of the business, I kind of get turned on by that because it. I don't know. I just I, I like I like the fight. I actually do. And so problems are a good thing, and uh, and it is a different game when you're not getting chased when you're getting pulled. 
But that's why I'm so huge on set that big vision, that mission, that beautiful thing that you want to create in the world. So it just pulls you out of bed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. So, you know, from going from actually making a bit of money to having to start off again, and I guess living paycheck to paycheck, and then understanding that, you know, you've made success to the point where you don't actually need to get paid for 12 months. That's, that's a fantastic story that uh, you've built. I'm really big on that. Sharan Shravetsa was the guy who was like, he was on the podcast, brilliant genius. And he was like, well, we're kind of trained to like, you know, get paid every two weeks in a regular job and look at our monthly expenses and figure that out. And he was like, I coach my clients to find, to think quarterly, like a company and yearly mm -hmm. and get enough funds to cover a year's of your living expenses whether the business makes money or not. And I thought that was so genius because again, you're not forced to do things that you don't want to do necessarily as in take on clients or projects. Yeah. Just for the money. And since I started doing that and being like, Hey, do we have six months cushion, 12 months cushion? I thought that maybe that hunger and that drive wouldn't be there because I love the fight, mm -hmm. but it actually added so much value to my life because now I can sort of, not make emotional, more grounded. And I can kind of be like, okay, we're steering a big ship and we can take two or three months to make a pivot, make a turn. Although we move very fast, yep. but there's that, there's that space of, and you can explore and create. And I, I do like doing that. So yeah. Let's talk about your journey real quickly into the podcasting space. Sure. I know that you've been podcasting for a couple of years now with the coaches corner. And you've just recently introduced another podcast called The Infinite Podcast. Are you yes. able to let the listeners know a bit about them and where they're sure. currently at? Sure, sure. I was sitting, so I, I built the fitness business and it, it served me financially, but it didn't serve me with a passion. And I, I actually have a background in acting and storytelling and, and film and when I started really marketing my fitness business, I realized this is all storytelling and, and creating narratives and, you know, the hero's journey, the client journey. And I had a lot of fun. I love marketing. I love looking at a product, trying to find out like, what makes this product different or this program different, what makes it awesome, what makes it amazing, what makes it unique, what are the selling features, and how can we design a story and a journey around it so someone who doesn't know you can go through a journey into purchasing this coaching program mm -hmm. or this product or whatever you have. I, I genuinely love doing that. So I was like, you know what? I remember sitting, I, I just moved into a new apartment and I remember on my vision board, I was like, I'm going to move into an apartment that's all windows. It's going to overlook the mountains. At the time we were living in a basement suite. So I just moved into this apartment. To me, it was like luxury that I've never even seen in my life, at least back then. And so, you know, expenses increased. I actually, that's when I bought my BMW. I was still in fitness, so I had this car payment and all this stuff started accumulating and I sat down and I realized, I don't really like fitness. Let me make a shift into marketing, full well knowing that it's an extremely competitive space and I don't know what's going to happen. So I was willing to lose the apartment, willing to lose the house or the, uh, the car, I'm sorry, but I did it anyway because that's what my heart was saying. It was a big mess for the first few months, but I... Then was like, okay, I need, to, I don't know anyone in this space. I built my entire business out of a basement. I don't know anyone. I don't have any connections. And so honestly, my podcast started because 
I was like, how can I connect with people and build a network? And I thought if I can muster up a podcast and position it as this beautiful podcast, then I have a leg up on reaching out to, um, you know, to high profile guests. And so I really was like, I'll start a podcast and I made it look fancier than it really was. And I think my first guest was Evan Carmichael. I somehow hustled him on the show. You know, Hey, we're 20 episodes in and the audience wants you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have an audience and Evan Carmichael. And then I used Evan, not used, uh, he was actually on the podcast and I was sharing this story with him, but, uh, you know, I was just starting to get, uh, you know, Bedros Koulians and Craig Ballantines and Jason Capitals. And after those first few successful guests, I actually fell in love with podcasting. And so it's been going on for two years now and we've connected with some pretty cool people. That's why I started it is um, let me talk to some people. And it was like a bi-weekly thing back then. It was two episodes a month and it just gave me such a dose of inspiration because these were people I looked up to. And eventually, I mean, now it's a great marketing channel and it's something I love doing. So, Yep. And do you have advice for someone who wants to venture in the podcasting world or someone who is already podcasting but has a bit of self-doubt and not sure if they're doing it for the right reasons or just not gaining that, that momentum? Do you have any advice for them just real quick? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have, I'd have a ton. I'll, I'll skip the, you know, know your audience and get really clear on, on mm-hmm. the message and all that. So I'll skip all that and I'll let you do your thing to make sure people know that. But beyond that, I do love it. And so I enjoy turning on the mic and I enjoy that whole dynamic. I don't care if I'm on, if I'm on a podcast that's just starting, I love it. And if I'm on a big podcast, I love it all the same. I also love providing values. So if, if you have that in you and you, you want your message heard, I think that is more important than all the little strategies because consistency over time obviously always wins. You also get better at podcasting. It's a 10,000 hour thing. But if it comes to strategy, I mean, I made so many freaking mistakes because I was, I was teaching marketing, but I wasn't even fully aware that, Hey, podcasting is storytelling. Hey, there's a hook. If I can't get someone's attention for 10 seconds, I've, I've lost them as a listener for that episode. And just making sure there's a bit of a plan to it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big planner. I love to just shoot Sarah's uh, who kind of runs the back end of everything. She's much more on planning, mm-hmm. which is why she's amazing. But me, I'm just like, pick up the mic and just start shooting. Keep getting better. Understand that there's a journey to it. There's a storytelling aspect to podcasting and stay extremely consistent with it. And don't expect any insane results till you're at a hundred episodes and by the hundredth episode, if you calculate the time you spent on the mic, you should be close to five or 6,000 hours of podcasting time and you'll be good at it. Yep. I love that too, because I've just started my podcasting journey and yeah. you know, as nervous as it is, each and every episode that I do now, there's a better. certain level of fulfillment and, yeah. and I'm trying to make sure that I provide value to the listeners and show the journey that I'm going through as well. So that's yeah. a, a great way um, to do value, it. Value, value, value. We all know money follows value. Yep. Um, and, and as long as you have a system for monetizing on that, on the value and on the traffic you're providing, you'll do well. But at the end of the day, yeah, people, people hear the enthusiasm and the passion. And as long as you serve them, they'll keep tuning back in and listening and consuming and you'll build your tribe. Okay. That's a great segue into the Coaches University, your online coaching program. Can you yeah, yeah. tell the listeners 
what is it? How does it work? And what makes it different to all the other online coaching programs out there? Yeah, maybe right before we get into that, because it was on my mind this whole time, yep. is there are so many strategies and tactics and how-tos online to build a, whether you're building a coaching business or whatever it is you're building, the information is out there. And if you ever find yourself, I relate with this, if you ever find yourself frustrated or overwhelmed and saying, I already know that, or like, I've, I've already tried that. It is why I started the Infinite Podcast. It's why I got more into the performance coaching. All of our clients are going through that right now. Mm -hmm. Is the only reason your coaching business isn't growing is because you're the bottleneck. Whether it's 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 you know how you handle the emotions, how you handle the stress, but you're broken or the level that you're broken at. And I'm not I'm not pointing fingers and calling you broken and messed up. That's not what I mean to do. I, I guess a better word than broken would be um, you know there's you're not fully aligned and there's pieces missing. There's aspects of yourself that we need to investigate. And when I took that seriously and I was like, okay, the business isn't growing. Mm -hmm. We're trying these strategies, but they're not necessarily working. The last missing piece is me. And maybe I'm not approaching it with consistency. My discipline's not there yet. Maybe I have some skills like copywriting or this or that obviously missing, yep. but it's a huge aspect of make sure that I don't know where this quote comes from, but it was something like, if you want to double your business, you got to quadruple, you know, your level of personal development type of idea, something like that anyways. Mm -hmm. and I, I fully agree with that. So it was on my mind because there's, there's so much strategy and tactics out there and they're all extremely important, but we got to make sure that the listeners and you and myself included are, um, mm -hmm. are always expanding who we are because honestly your business success is 80% who you're becoming. And the quicker we grow personally, the faster the business will grow. Yeah, and it comes down to understanding you and your approach to business, but also understanding that the business is you. So the way you lead it yeah. by your values or by not your values, that's what defines the level of success or the people around you that you, that you work with. And you know, 100%. people lead on to that. And if they see leadership, if they see consistency, they're very... Um, it's, it's quite, it's contagious in, in a sense too. hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah. So it's a segue. I just want to say that, but to segue into the university, uh, it started as it was actually back in the day. I think this was three years, maybe even three and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. It was called the C A F the client attraction formula or something. I, I, I forget. It was called something like that. And it was an eight week program. And got my first 20 people in it. A lot of people in Vancouver were actually asking me, could you help me? So I just started something. And I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's help you with your marketing. I was seeing a lot of success online and in person uh, in fitness. So a lot of people were asking. It started off as that. It was very, you know, the sticks and it was, it was very, very basic. Got the results after eight weeks, see what worked, what didn't. And basically have been just on this mission of improving it, improving it, improving it. So a lot of people weren't as ambitious as me. They weren't finishing it in eight weeks. So I extended it to 12 weeks and it went through probably 12 massive overhauls. It just went through its latest overhaul in January and clients are loving it. It's at a point now that I got, I just see the journey um, and see the success of the clients. And so now we just put a 10 K guarantee. So we work with our clients so they make 10 K as the systems are more and more efficient, effective. And so it's sort of like my, um, this like passion project that 
I always have something to do because there's always something to improve. There's always a client to interview to see how things can be better. And it's kind of like my, I don't know, it's where I put most of my time and attention. So it's really a, a program that's a sales and marketing program for coaches and service providers. So if they want to build something online, mm-hmm. we provide all the tools, the strategies, and then obviously for the actual mental and the inner work, we do coaching calls every single week. We do a mastermind every single month. And those two things mixed together, especially when I started implementing, uh, I'm going to call it mindset work, although that's copying out a little bit, but really implementing more than just strategy, uh, clients started seeing even better results. So it's, uh, it's definitely my little passion project. And is there a preference for the coaches to actually be an authority in the field or can someone just starting out in a certain niche or certain industry, can they take on this program and pursue or understand the systems they need to actually become successful? Yeah, we have probably 70, 30, 70% of, of people who are joining don't even have a niche yet. We added a lot of foundational fundamental programs. So they'll stay within a four or eight week kind of foundational program so they can find their niche, they can make them create their message, um, test a few things before they build their entire business, really test which niche is going to best be suited for them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're done that, we move them into the university. So we're my big goal for this is to create whether you're doing zero dollars or you're trying to get to 25 and you're already at 10, eliminating all of our high level programs and creating just one central community with you know a few different stages of coaches and it doesn't matter where you're at there's a place within the university and there's the mastermind calls and the and the group calls and i find that in that learning environment everybody is learning from the brand new coaches to the you know the coaches who are seeing i guess uh, some momentum in sales it actually serves both because it inspires the people just starting and it gives a sense of purpose and even more motivation to the to the coaches who are seeing success so my goal is to completely get rid of our coaches circle program, get rid of absolutely everything and just have one central program. Yep. And then the coaches who are hitting certain numbers, they would be getting extra one-on-one time. So they'd be paying a little bit more, but it'd be just through one program. And that's kind of the mission for it. So a lot of coaches are, they don't even call themselves coaches yet. They're just like, I want to build something online. And we work them through, um, through getting the foundations done. And have you come across a niche yet where you thought, Now, this could be a bit challenging to take on or implement onto the online platform. Yeah, I I used to do, we actually got away from sales calls for a while, but we're bringing them back. I won't be doing them, but we're bringing them back. And I remember when I was taking a lot of them, if I heard someone wanting to enter a niche that I was like, eh, I would obviously say it in the nicest way possible, as in what I'm about to say doesn't mean it's not going to work. But I personally just don't see it working. And so I don't think it'd be the best fit because I won't be cheering for you as hard as I could. And it, it was rare, but there was a few weird ones. Um, I, they're not even coming to mind. But I know that there was a few times where I was like, er, I don't, no one has ever done that. And if nobody has ever done it, you know, you can be a martyr and kind of pave the way. Or we can enter a market that's already proven. And so now it's just about making what you do unique. And I'm all about entering proven markets. So if somebody else is doing it out there and being and is seeing success, then the chances of our success are greatly heightened. And that comes down to that that proof of uh, concept that if someone yeah. else can make it, then surely you would be able to do it as well. 
Yeah, for the most part. I'm all jaded on that now because I just read Outliers again. I don't know uh, if you yes. read that book. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, man, like I, I like to take the credit for I'm just like, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the man. And then I really start reverse engineering my life and immigrant parents and and what my dad taught me and all these circumstances leading up to the rigs. Like I wouldn't be doing this if none of that happened. And so, yeah, I'm all about modeling, but also finding your unique spin on it because we are all different and we all do have different backgrounds. But I, I still do believe in that whole American dream thing of if somebody else has done it, you can do it. We might have to do it a little differently, but if they've done it, you can do it too. And I mean, I'll believe in that till I die, I guess so. Yeah, and it, it all comes down to systems and, and a systems yeah. approach to implementing your business because that's the the best way to automate processes and make sure that you can pass on knowledge to people around you or coming up to the same business model, I guess. Yeah. And complexity is like, I'm, I'm always combating complexity is every time we try something new and, you know, Sarah will build something and then we bring on a whole new system to something. And then once a week or once a month, I just look at everything and I'm like, Hey, what is, where is their complexity and how do we cut that out? And now we just have a, a saying, this is an original, I did not make this concept up, but, um, you know, before we add anything new to the business, we take away two things. So before we add complexity or before we add another thing into it, we'll find two things that aren't working where they should be. And we either automate them or remove them because just combating the complexity. There's no need for complexity, especially, you know, if you're trying to make a million bucks online, you can do it fairly simply. And that's been proven over and over. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of uh, businesses I've, I've spoken to do something very similar in the sense that they're saying, what's two tasks that we're doing that's taking up the most amount of our time this week? And mm. is it uh, providing any value? So a very similar yeah. approach as well. And that's a great way to reassess productivity in your business as well. Yeah, it's sometimes hard, at least I find, and I could be wrong here, but sometimes it's fine because I look at everything we're doing and I'm like, okay, you know, these things are working, but it's hard to get hard numbers on a few things. So I try to investigate further. And at least from what I found as well, and again, I can only speak for myself, but I am naturally predisposed to taking insane amounts of action. I think it's normal, but when people see what I do or, or um, even Sarah's just like, I don't know if anyone in the world can keep up with you. Yep. So, you know, because of that, I sometimes lay waste and I do so much in a month and then there's just unfinished projects and just things all over the place and could have done something better, but the launches are still successful and we still keep moving forward. I don't know if that's the most effective way to do things. Maybe, you know, a surgeon with a, with a, uh, a more of a tactical approach to things might be able to see the same results with less effort. I do love the fight. Like I actually love waking up and, and swinging. I, it, it's what revs me up. So I continue to do it, but we do a lot and Sometimes there's no plan to it. I'm just like, okay, let's just try five things. And if one of them works, we're great. And I just find, at least from what I find, a lot of um, people are overcomplicating, trying to make it perfect. And at least from my experiences and the experience of people that I've seen growing, they're not afraid to make mistakes, get dirty and, and do a lot without really much of a plan. I know that kind of sounds weird, but it's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the system that works for you. Yeah, you've mentioned yeah. Sarah throughout the podcast. Are you able to just yeah. quickly let our listeners know who is Sarah and what is yeah, this, yeah. This, that so, is that she does? 
Sarah's like the head coach inside the university. Uh, we're both in there slinging with clients, but she maintains order because like I said, I lay waste to everything. And I used to think that serves clients, but the feedback, cause I love feedback and I would take this hard is like, you know, it's too much, can't keep up. And Sarah is sort of that equalizer. And she's been, clients have been getting ridiculously better results because of her. So I'm, I'm so thankful for her. She also runs the entire back end of everything we do. So I'll be like, Hey, I got this awesome idea and let's do it this week. And here's what it looks like. And she kind of nods her head and she's like, great. And then she makes a plan for it and she gives me the plan and she helps execute on it and make sure that things get finished to the end. So she's kind of like the integrator. Yep. Um, if you're, if you're, if we're talking about uh, rocket fuel, so she's kind of the integrator and super smart schooled, and I actually met her. She was actually a one-on-one client in the early days of what I do now. She was a one-on-one client for her. Uh, she was a sports performance coach. She worked with a high-end hockey team, and she also had her own fitness business. And so we were working on her business. And then maybe like three or six months after that, she was like, I think I'm done with fitness, and I don't know what I want to do. And I was like, I needed help at the time. And I was like, do you want to try working? I was going to Mexico for a month. And I remember being like, I don't know how the business is going to run without me. This is early days. And I said, Here, here's access to everything. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Can you get results in a month? I think I paid her like a thousand bucks. I'm like, if you can do that, mm-hmm. there's something we can do. And she, we had her best month that month in sales. She just over-delivered. And I was like, done, full-time, let's do it. And since then, we've just been kind of growing things together. So she's, she's brilliant. She's a brilliant copywriter and marketer herself. So. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And people say, you know, you can't progress or you can't get promoted in the online industry. And this is the perfect example of, you know, you're leading by example, but, you know, by your results as well. And you're not just saying that I can do it and I will do it. You're actually showing to people that the back end, even though they don't see it, you're providing results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Sarah, I'm I literally every single day or at the end of every day, I'm just like, I am so grateful because I tried other people, but no one had that. It's hard to find. Mm, that's, that's false. It's not hard, but it's, it can be tricky. Or when you find someone who has that fire and is, sees that vision, treat them well and, and keep them. Cause she's been, she's been a, a huge part of what we do. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it comes down to compatibility, but you know, in, in the online space, hiring someone, you're, in in a sense, you know, reaching out to the entire world, but yeah. then also the fact that you know they are remote, it's a bit yep. easier for them to say, you know what, it's not working. Maybe we should just, you know, big time. And I mean, yeah, compatibility is. She is the person. I don't think anyone else pisses me off as much as she does because she has a backbone. Yeah, and we are two <laughs> completely opposites. And I get so upset because I'm so fired up and I got this huge thing. And she's like, "But what about this? What about this?" And I'm like, "You are." stomping out my fire right now but she shines light on things and i'm just like you're totally right and i know i drive her crazy and i cause so much stress and anxiety in her life because i'll be like just left field brand new projects coming out and like the infinite project was like this has been in my soul for three years it's happening and then it doesn't really align with where we're trying to go to it's not a money maker right now i don't even have a massive plan on how to monetize it but it fuels me it feeds me and so i'm just like we're doing it anyways and she's like okay and we just figure it out so it's it's a great team 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's flying out to Vancouver in May because we're holding a workshop. So we get to work in person and stuff too. Yep, that's fantastic. Yeah. And where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? You know, she, Sarah's there. She's allowing you to be, I guess, the visionary. But, yep. you know, yep. what, what does that mean for yourself and your business and for the next 12 months, yeah. maybe 24 months? Yeah, so six months ago, I did this exercise and I did what everyone else is doing. I was like, okay, we're going to make this number in sales. We're going to have a team of five people. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And although on paper, it looked great. When I deep down inside, I was like, wait, this is, is this actually what I want? And finally, I broke free from that. And I said, what do, what do I want? And what I want isn't necessarily more in sales or a massive team right now because I really value freedom. So in on November, me and my girlfriend are going down to Mexico for four to five months. We're kind of half moving there and that'll be over that winter. And so right now I'm on a mission to just set us up with increasing sales where we want to double our sales this year without adding any more complexity and with keeping the team very, very tight very small, which means everything we do has to be super tight in systems, in effectiveness, and leveraging automation as much as we can. And so I want to keep the team really, really small, like minimum, and make sure that we can both enjoy freedom, increase our workshops, and obviously the Infinite Podcast. I want to get it in the top 10 on iTunes and a few different rankings. And we do have a program coming around the Infinite, but it's not a massive money maker. but I think it's needed in the marketplace, in the personal development space. So that's kind of the next... 12 month plan. And it's fairly, fairly simple, man. I'm just like, I used to have these huge, I'm going to have an office and we're going to have 20 employees and a huge sales team. And I actually don't want that right now. I want some simplicity. And I think I just took my first five days off in a consecutive order in the first, I don't know, it's been six years since I think I took more than a day off. And so I'm like, you know what, this winter, I want to actually just kind of lean back, serve our clients and not build kind of recoup and figure out the next stage and that's kind of where we're at right now yeah and, and that's the reason why we start business is to give us that freedom to do what it is that we want yeah lucas i think that's all we have time for today but before we go i have one last question yeah brother please you're about to do something you've never done before so you're nervous and you're stressed maybe even anxious what are you thinking and what do you do to alleviate that stress so i definitely still do those things. It was a few months ago where I spoke on stage and it was sort of kind of the first time, not really, but it really felt like the first time there was a lot of pressure mm -hmm. and two things. And I don't know who, who, who this was. It was some athlete or some reporter or something, but it was like, you know, that stress and the anxiety is really the same physiological response as excitement. And so I just always tell myself I'm not anxious or I'm not stressed or I'm not whatever. I'm, I'm excited. This is exciting. This is an opportunity and it's that small shift that that really helps me at least and number two is that alter ego effect which i'm a really big fan of right now is i don't know if you know uh todd herman i believe his name is todd herman mm -hmm. hopefully i didn't mess that up but he's got the alter ego effect um he's been working with with peak performance and, and high-end athletes and entrepreneurs for a really long time was creating the alter ego so if i'm about to do something so i sang on stage i played guitar and sang it's the first time pretty much ever did it a few months ago and I was working on it for about six months. It was just a personal goal of mine to overcome a fear. And so I did two things as I remember sitting there, like my whole body was shaking. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to hit the strings right and the chords right. And my voice was drying up and I was like, wait, 
I'm not anxious. I'm excited. And that literally instantly calmed me down. And the second thing was alter ego. So I actually created a persona, like a performer, and I created a persona and I just kind of stepped into his body and the performance went really well for my standard. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was a big kind of breakthrough for me of, um, man, we have so much control of our emotions and of our physiology. And the, the mind's a pretty powerful weapon. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it definitely does. It's, it's that uh, quick empowerment and understanding that you're not fixating, but you're thinking about the best option or, you know, if you were to do it, this is the, the alter ego that you want to pursue in a sense. And who cares what anyone thinks? Like, I, I mean, I know it doesn't yes, happen yes, overnight because yes. I used to, honestly, no one believes me, but I used to be, I was always sweating. I was always going red. I was so self-conscious. I was terrified of what anyone thought of me. I always thought everyone's judging me. I had all these insecurities from my face to my body to my freaking size of my arms. It was, I couldn't move forward in life because of it until I had to make money because I had to eat. And I was like, effort and I just started talking to as many people as I can so I know it's a process that happened over a very long period of time but nowadays I'm just like if I catch myself caring what someone thinks I on purpose instantly do something extremely stupid so I can feel that uncomfortableness and realize I'm still alive yep and it doesn't burn me it, it, you can't you cannot burn me unless I let you so that's been a really big game changer I know it happens over time with confidence but I wish I would have taken that more seriously early on because that set me free. I honestly don't give a shit. I, I honestly don't. And it's, it's set me free. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much for Thanks, Tommy. being part of the Launch Week podcast. For the audience, I'll make sure to have the links to all your podcasts. And if they want to know more about the Coaches University program, I'll have it down in the show yeah, notes yeah. below. Beautiful, man. I wish you massive success. I wish you massive success. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at thestresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.